this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. I am so blessed today to have Melba with me. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for welcoming me and having me on your podcast today. So if people don't know who Melba is, you are such an amazing woman. Like the first time I met you, I'm like, she speaks to my heart. And so I just want, before we get started, just tell people who you are and a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm currently the chief operating officer at a company called Habits at Work based out of Chicago. I myself um, live in both Virginia and Florida, part-time between the two. I've been married for 14 years. I have an amazing husband. I feel very blessed in my life to have him not only as my husband, as my best friend. And I have, this is my very first podcast, um, which I was amazed and excited to be here with Emily today to do this. And I'm really looking forward to like diving into this. I spend much of my time day to day managing operations for the company as we start to scale. And so it's a nice break to share with um, your viewers, I guess, part of my story. Mm -hmm. I love it. And if y'all have not checked out Habits at Work, you need to. There is amazing people that work there like Andrew Sachs. I know that Bree's there as well. And a few other just um, top notch, amazing people that will. mm, They know human science and they also know human connection and care. So that is one thing I will plug a major shout out. Thank you so much for that. So let's just go ahead and hop on into it. Melba. So this podcast is called Unapologetically Bold. So with that, I would love to know what you are not sorry for. I'm not sorry for owning the path to my success. And one thing I want to make sure that I say today is success, how we define it, is very much a personal thing. And for me, I know that it changed throughout my life. Success in my 20s looks completely different to me than success today. Um, And I feel blessed each time as I think through how I arrived at each point where I thought was a pinnacle of my career or a pinnacle in my personal life that was like, oh, I've made it, this is is success for me. And then how many times I realized I'm reevaluating it and I'm determining what this next path is gonna look like. And I love that. And I think it's so important too, for people to realize that success changes. Yes. And there's so many definitions. So for me, I feel like my success in my twenties was very vain per se, comparative to my success in my thirties. It is now more about purpose, passion, connection with people. So when did you realize that it was important for success? And also how has your definition maybe fluctuated and changed? Oh, in my 20s, it was all about what ends up in my bank account. 
that was like, I've made it. I've achieved it. Look, look at the salary I'm making. And I think every time I achieve something, I never sat in it to enjoy it and say, oh, I've, I've accomplished something I've worked for. I was already searching for the next thing. And then I moved into my 30s and I was like, now I want to have a presence. Now I want to make an impact. I want to be, I want to have a position that allows me to make uh, changes in the company and really come out there and lead people, um, be able to drive the business forward. It was less personal. It was more like how I impact this whole work environment. Mid-30s, what was interesting to me is the personal part of my life started to come into be how I measured my success. Where was I making personal connections? How was I contributing to people's lives that I loved? How was I actually developing relationships where we were mutually benefiting each other in our lives? And at this point in my 40s, my success is based on how much time I really can spend with my family and attribute to what our life will be like in the long run. Um, and really realize that what I'm doing at work, how is it been benefiting both the environments that I'm in um, day to day, and then the long term, what am I able to achieve for not only habits at work, but for people who interact with habits at work? Mm-hmm. Because you can't avoid habits at work. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been created over time, too. And I think that's an important part of the success story, too, is addressing habits. So when did you start? Because I know your habit for success, it didn't happen overnight. And that's one thing that drives me insane is when people are like, they don't see your work up. They only see your top success. They see you at the top of the mountain. And so when did you realize that success was a habit and something that you had to own and do to create that path forward? It's a very good question. And I'm very transparent. And it was the failures. Mm-hmm. It was the failures. It was the times that you think it's coming so easy, not realizing the effort that you're putting into it. And the moment that you fail, you take that opportunity to learn, like, what was different this time? Why did I achieve success? And I just remember thinking um, one of my biggest stories I could probably say is I worked in a department and I was the only I don't know, probably the only female in the department at the time. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, we are all working together. We're having this great opportunity of thriving. And I had an opportunity to actually see our paychecks. And I realized I would need $20,000 less than someone who had the exact same position and had been in the company maybe, maybe six months more than I had. And we had the same credentials. And I remember thinking, wow, what did I do? What did I do wrong? What did I do differently? And it wasn't that I did something wrong, but it was a failure of me to take that and look at that as though I was doing something wrong. Instead, I said to myself, this is an opportunity for me to learn and not to focus on, oh, I must not be worthy because someone's not paying me the same amount. I took that and said, I'm going to do even better. And I stayed within the company and moved to a different department um, and continued to excel but I was very honest with myself about being upfront, asking for what I wanted, acknowledging mm-hmm. that I had many gifts to give um, and not focusing my worth on that salary only, but what I had defined as my own success. And I think another part, which I tell everybody so many times often, when you're going and pushing yourself every day to be your best you, you're taking up the space that you're on this earth to do. I mean, you're on this earth to take up space. Always try to make sure that, well, some days it's really hard to get up in the morning. You have failures, you break down, you're like, I can't do this again. 
But I really wake up every day trying to show up as my best self, not only for myself, but people who really look up to you in an organization and see how far you've gone and can see the work that you put in. Uh, the thing that I hear from that, that just like strikes at my heart. And the reason like first time we talked, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my person is because you could have taken that from, you could have been bitter about it. Mm-hmm. And there, there's this, it's a rap song. It says, I, um, I'm going from bigger to better and I'm working on switching those letters. You know, that is not a very easy principle to do. And in that you're not playing victim because that's where I see a lot of times whenever you own your path to success, people see failure as a, a pitfall. It's, it's a yeah. hole that they can climb into and they can stay in. But if you own it, and you have the ability to forgive the situation, to move on, to be better than it. It doesn't mean it's not easy or it's not easy. Right. So I want to talk about that for a minute. How much did you or I guess when did you start learning that you have the power to own yourself and your path forward? When I was offered um, the first executive role in my company, I questioned whether or not I was worthy for it, almost like an imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. not even almost like. I questioned it because I had not yet got my master's. Um, Though I had done very well within the company, I looked at all the people who were in the same title around me and literally went and looked at their bios, Mm -hmm. compared my bio to their bio. And I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this job. Some of these people have 10 years more experience than I do. They have their master's degrees. I've just, my experience is in this company. And I went to the CEO at the time and asked him like, don't you think I need executive training? I need like an executive coach. And he's like, no, you don't need any of that. You need like a psychiatrist. So you can like <laughs> wrap the whole around that you're really good. And I just need you to come in and do what you do every day. And you're going to grow into this role and you're going to get even better. And that was enlightening for me because I realized that it took the confidence in me to say, okay, I'm going to do this. I actually might fail at this, but someone has acknowledged that all this work you've told yourself, you put in all over these years. And now you want to question it. (laughs) Someone's handing you something. Ooh, that is so good. In the aspect that I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. And I'm going to, because I'm a female, I'm going to talk from the female's perspective. (laughs) I find myself to typically be the only female in the room and usually the youngest person in the room. And I have to go get a pep talk from one of my mentors to say, you deserve to be in that room. Like you, you worked your butt off. Like you have the results, you have the background. Like it's not, if you, if you can back it up, it's not, you're not being boastful or anything, but it's still hard. So And I think it's, again, that imposter syndrome, too. So talk about that for a minute on how did you get over that? Or did you or is there still times when you're like, oh, shoot? Um, I actually got over it by putting in the work again. Mm -hmm. New, New role, new story of success. And you have, it's almost like you're a proven factor to yourself. You've like, I've done this. I've done this. I haven't done this job, but I've had the skills, the habits, the determination, the discipline um, to go in and make the best of this. Like, I know what I need to do. I may have things to learn and you always have things to learn, but I know the effort that it's going to take to get here. I'm willing to put that in. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then also there's those areas, if you do feel like something you're insufficient about, do something about it. Like, so I'm in the middle of getting my master's right now. I needed to do something about it. So it stopped being something that says, mm, are you really ready for that? Mm -hmm. And I think that's important too, is knowing you and knowing your strengths and your weaknesses. But again, if it, for you to own your path, you have to own yourself first and understanding who you are. And I think the quicker you can realize that, the quicker you can go up the ladder of success per se and owning the next step instead of sometimes I feel like we can self-sabotage ourselves yes. so that we don't get to the next level. Um, have you had an experience of that or is that just me? <laughs> Let me think about self-sabotage. I think self-sabotage for me would be times when I'm so confident that what I'm doing is working and the right thing that I don't allow myself to take a step back, mm -hmm. um, receive the gift of feedback from people, like how I could do this better, what I could do differently, what I, what, what I did well, um, and reassess how my approach is to things. Uh, I think myself, I probably come into some, some new areas like a bull. <laughs> it doesn't need a bull to get it done. I mean, I think you could, I could come in quite differently. And I think many of the times where I made the largest um, mishaps was not acknowledging the need to build relationships, not willing power, uh, because I tend to be very confident and bold and try to show up because I think, oh, that's, that's how you need to show up when you're like an executive. Mm -hmm. And so I learned to be vulnerable in front of people that I work with. I learned to read an environment and understand how their culture works. And I learned that it's really important to establish very good relationships with people that you engage with on a daily basis because every once in a while you're going to lean in one way and then sometimes you're going to need them to lean into you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. And I'm from the people I know that are at Habits at Work. That's a culture that has been designed in there. And how much being that you have been in different roles and different companies, not saying that one is better than the other, but having the ability to show up and be yourself and be vulnerable. And as I know, Bree, she'll dress up in something like fun and crazy one day, you know, like, but getting to come and bring yourself and be okay with it. How does that make an impact? Uh, it's a, it makes quite an impact. If you ask, I will probably tell you, I don't show up as myself as much as they do. Like <laughs> karaoke, I'm not a karaoke person. Uh, it has had an impact on me. I've had to really temper. I've always been in a very structured environment, very hierarchical. And I'm trying to balance that with as we build structure, as we begin to scale and grow with allowing us to really be that culture where we're fun and transparent. Mm -hmm. We're great at sharing feedback, what you did well, what you could do differently and live by the things that we go out and tell people that really drive success in businesses, like empathic listening and having really great conversations with people so you get to know them. Oh, yes. And Tron over here said, some people don't know how to receive constructive criticism. And I think that's important to know on your path to success, you will never get there if you don't have that. Because yeah. for me, if I did not have the people that came and said, whoa, Emily, your energy is too high for this situ situation that you need to slow it down, calm it down, that I wouldn't be able to listen or be able to like how you have the bull may come in as a bull I come in as a firecracker and that's what everybody says it's like oh you have so much energy and I'm like 
I'm trying y'all. It's natural, but it's still a thing that understanding the people around you and the importance of self-awareness, which is one. And then I think the other two is the fear of influence. So the people that you are around too. So let's talk about self-awareness. Is there a time or a story that you've had where you're like, you understand that owning yourself is so important? I would say in most cases, if I don't own myself and show up as myself, I don't think I'm being authentic. It took a lot of courage for me to be comfortable being my authentic self. And being authentic doesn't mean you get just get to show up and be um, overly aggressive or be obnoxious or offend someone. It just means when I show up, what you kind of see is what you get. Mm -hmm. um, I'm fine sharing my opinion. I don't feel like it has to be like offensive. I am comfortable taking constructive criticism because I do believe a lot of us have blind spots okay. and constructive criticism or feedback, which is a gift is delivered with empathy. Mm -hmm. um, it is really great when you can deliver it when you already have a trusting relationship with someone. And that really helps it land a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And I think that's too, that psychological safety and having the ability to come in and have those conversations. And this is something I do with my team. And I ask them and I challenge them. Am I allowing you to fail? Am I allowing myself to fail? Because I am human. I am going to screw up. There's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts. I am going to fail you. I can't avoid it because I'm not perfect. And I don't want to be. I want to be progressive, but I do not want to be perfect. And so I think that's very important, too, to adding those failures and adding that part where that criticism can be can come in. But also it's the other thing is that sphere of influence and knowing each other's strengths, their weaknesses, where to go, who to go to, when to go to and how to say things. So for you, how has the people you've been around impacted your success? For one, of course, you learn a lot from the people that you've been around. Um, at home, I have a very supportive environment, which has really contributed to my success. I mm -hmm. truly believe that once I got married, it was when I excelled the most because I felt like things were stable there. Mm -hmm. And I think of all the people who gave me advice, were comfortable in giving me and sharing with me ways I did well mm -hmm. and things I could do differently to really keep myself moving forward or really improve my game. Um, when you own your path to success, you want to reach out and, like you said, bring in that sphere of influence, people who are really there when you need them, people mm -hmm. who have different skill sets. Um, don't be afraid to talk to somebody when you think, I'm failing, I don't know how to do this, please help me. I still do it to this day. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful to have a network of people that I can reach out to and say, hey, have you ever done this before? I really need help doing it. And then at the same time, knowing and getting comfortable, like, I can do this, I have this. Even if I make a mistake, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move forward. And the one great thing about making a mistake is at least you know what not to do the next time. <laughs> yes. It, and that's the thing. If you're self-aware for it, because there's too many people that go to that. I call it the insanity curse. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. If you've done yeah. the same thing in your life and you keep popping up to the same problem, there's your sign. <laughs> there is your sign. So I love this discussion and it is so needed more than ever because I think right now is a powerful moment for people and understanding COVID for me 
I believe has kicked so many people out of doors that they never would have got out mm -hmm. of unless COVID happened. So I see some of the blessings from it. Yes, there's many, there's many sad things that come from it. But for me, I choose to see that because there are people that should have left their companies years <laughs> ago, or there's times where people should have been put first years ago. And now it's kind of coming to the forefront. So in your failure or last time that you've had one of these situations where it's like doom and gloom and you feel like your path of success is just like downhill slide. You can't even climb up if you wanted to. What what did you do to be able to get back up to to, to go to the next level? I had the human reaction first, of course, which is like you said, complete breakdown. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? I'm not, I'm, no one's going to, no one really wants me. I'm not good. All this time I thought I was good, I wasn't. And then you start to take it in, <laughs> you start to take an inventory of yourself. And that is one of the first things I always go back and do. Um, it took me growth to start to do that. But whenever I, fall down, I take an inventory of who I am. I reassess what does my life look like today? Mm -hmm. Do, was that really a failure or was that an opportunity? And if it was a failure, what do I want to correct? Do I want to, mm -hmm. and I do think for me, it's very important that when I do fail to sit in that for a minute, so I can mm -hmm. feel what it feels like and go, mm, this is not really fun. And then I take that inventory and I'm very like, I'm a planner. <laughs> I come up with my game plan of how I'm going to go to the next path of execution, knowing what I identify is where I want to be next. Mm, oh, I love that. And I'll say for me, I'm a process person. So I may not do step by step, but I want to review those past steps that I've done and learn from them. And here's the other thing that I do want to note, because I know we're getting close to the end of our time, is success is not an uphill, like, trajectory it doesn't happen like that it is like you go up it's like shark infested water you go down you have to like swim through that to get it's like survivor of like the game show it's all i can think of a lot of times with success and it is not instantaneous either what has been your thoughts about success or what were those things that came to your mind after reviewing it and reflecting about success that maybe your 20 year old self thought it was a different way. Ooh. I would probably say what I've learned about success is it's not a given, just like you said, it's not. And it's almost like you take off in a plane and you're, could you tell you, you, tell you put your seatbelts on, you get to 10,000 feet and you're cruising your success. Flight mm -hmm. smooth. All of a sudden, there's turbulence. And you're like, what the heck? I thought we were going to have a smooth flight. And you finally have to make like an emergency landing. <laughs> and then you're like, am I going to get back on the plane again? Yeah, <laughs> you're going to get back on the plane again because you have somewhere to go. Oh, and what I learned about success is enjoy it when you're there. Mm -hmm. Not saying that it, it won't always sustain, but there will be bumps in the road. And how you get past them is actually part of your success in owning it. Because the way you achieve getting over those bumps, is going to be different than for everyone, but getting past it and moving on to the next success. Actually, if someone looked at you where you were before, your next level of success to them may be here. 
from mm -hmm. their point of view because you were here and now you're here. But to you, it may be amazing because you're much happier, calmer, and in a place you want to be. So that's your success. And I think that's so important to note is whenever you can stop caring, you care for people, but you don't care for their opinions. Yeah. It's, what I always say is, I put it to sports analogy, you wouldn't have a referee calling the game from the top row, like you went from the uh, nosebleed section. You have them calling it on the field because they have the experience. They have the ability to be with you to be able to say whoa stop whatever's happening there that's not to call it throw a flag and to stop you so be very very careful on your path to success who you care who cares about your success if that makes any sense <laughs> <laughs> so what am i lead up to one of my final questions is people are apologizing for owning their path to success what would you tell them well, I would look at it less as if you're apologizing at that point, take inventory. Is it really where you want to be successfully? Is this the path you want to take? Are there things in your path that don't ethically sit well with you? Is it really that you're doing it because you think other people, this is what they perceive as success? Um, that's when you realize that you may just not be right in a place that you're deeming success. And there may be an opportunity for you to look and see is this really success for me or am I just defining it based on what society thinks I should be doing? Oof, that's so good. As that makes me think I'd rather be at the bottom of the ladder I want to climb than at the top of the one I don't. Yeah. And it's a and, hard call from there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's such a true statement though. It is a hard fall and not just physically, emotionally and ego wise. It's yeah. like, mm, yeah. But I don't know many people that have went up and down that has really not learned from that. I guess that would say somebody that has been at the top, there's always another, there's always another mountain to climb. There's always for those people that perceive success, success as something that's theirs. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's been a, a, a key one that I have found. So for anybody that is listening in on this and wants to connect with you and wants to learn Hey, where can I reach out to learn more about you or learn more about Habits at Work? Where can they find you at? Definitely habitsatwork.com, but also on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I'm there under Melba and Misi. I don't think there's too many Melba and Misi mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. So it's very unique. <laughs> you can find me. And I'm connected to Habits at Work. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. You are such a blessing. Everybody go check her out. Go like her on uh, LinkedIn. Go follow her whatever, like, share, all those things. As my son says, go smash that subscribe button. <laughs> You're nine, okay, here. But all that to say is I am blessed beyond measure to know you, and I cannot wait to see the work that continues to grow out of what you're doing, but also from the heart that you have for people, the passion. It is, it's amazing, and I'm blessed to know you and blessed for everybody that joined in. So thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This was great. Thank you so much, Emily, for having me on today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Everybody, see y'all next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for. If this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open, and transparent. See you next time.